This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha! Remember me, old chum? Jolly devil. Welcome to DHN Cover to Cover for Saturday, June 20th. Tomorrow is Father's Day. If you didn't remember, you're a bad kid. Or maybe your father was a dick, and that's fine. Totally get that. No judgment. My name is Matt Baum. I am the Internet's Joe Patrick. You guys know that. You listen to me ramble on for five minutes about Facebook videos. Here's how it works every Saturday morning at 1030-ish Central Time. Matt and I go live on our Facebook page to rap about the week's nerd news. And then we open the phone lines at 11 for you nerds to play along. You can call us at 402 419-4894 or you can click our Facebook call now button or chat with us on the Facebook live chat if you want to get in on the action and if you don't have time to do that or maybe you listen to the show later and you want to respond not a problem you can leave us a message on that same phone line or you can send us an mp3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com but before we open the phone lines Joey we need to give these guys something to talk about it's time for Nerd News This week, a number of comic industry figures have been accused of sexual harassment or misconduct, including superstar creators Cameron Stewart and Warren Ellis. In Stewart's case, multiple women have come forward on social media, alleging that the creator engaged in sexually predatory behavior. The first came when an artist revealed on Twitter that Stewart had groomed her when she was 16 years old. And Stuart was in his early 30s. That's fucking despicable. So real quick, uh, lay out what grooming is. Just let, All right, I've got that, that later on. Let me yeah. jump down. Yeah, let's just lay that out. Because quite oh, honestly, I hear you. I hear you. when I first heard this story, I, I did not know. I went to. A I weird, just didn't know the term, but yeah. when I read the definition, I was like, oh, yeah, I yeah, get it's it. Yeah, like, okay, that makes sense. But it's like, what, he brushed her hair? What is going on here? You're right, yeah. <laughs> For those that are not familiar with the term, as we were not, grooming in this context is when an older person – especially one in a position of authority, like a seasoned comic pro establishes a relationship with a much younger person, typically a minor, like a young hopeful trying to break into the comics industry with the goal of engaging in sexual activity or abuse. It's gross. Uh, As more tweets circulated, other women have have come forward, including artists, uh, artist Kate Leth and Darwin Cook's widow, Marsha, who stated that she witnessed the behavior firsthand. Uh, apparently, Stewart's behavior was a quote-unquote open secret in the Toronto Comics... Com- uh, apparently, this behavior was a quote-unquote open secret in the Toronto Comics community for well over a decade. Spurred on by these accounts, many women have also come forward to accuse writer Warren Ellis of similar predatory behavior and using his status as an admired writer to coerce them into relationships only to abruptly end contact when other women entered the picture or they started making other industry contacts. Uh, The allegations started when a publisher photographer described his behavior in a now deleted Twitter thread. She explained why she deleted it. It blew up her life. She didn't, she just, other people picked up the slack, picked up the, the burden for her. Uh, other associates of his spoke out in detail, and writer Jane Holmes 
stated that she had collected the accounts of over 50 women who have evidence of Ellis coercing and grooming them. Ellis released a statement on Thursday with a vague apology, but he also claimed that he never knowingly harassed or abused anyone and that he didn't recognize his own status in the industry at the time. By the way, this is the writer of Transmetropolitan the authority I'm, to, over 20 years ago yeah, the guy knew it's something to say like look man i'm just a comic book writer or whatever but that doesn't discount your fame in your realm you know what i mean like maybe yes. you're the best bmx writer in the world i don't know who you are but there's arguably people that look up to you and think you're famous so no that's not an excuse and i don't care if you know you're an olympic fencer or you're the best yarn maker <laughs> like you're famous somewhere and you can use that yeah. power so no exactly not Heidi excuse. McDonald I, I totally agree Heidi McDonald at the beat said quote uh, many observers will and already do feel that Ellis's belief that quote I have never considered myself famous or powerful is particularly hard to swallow given his status as one of the most influential comics writers of the century no joke so let's just back it all up real quick. Yep. And I'm not going to compare one to the other. They're both very, very bad. Cameron Stewart was full on having sex with minors. Okay. And it was a uh, well-kept secret in Toronto. Why? Why is it a well-kept secret? This is what I don't understand. And like, I'm, I am super proud of anybody that comes forward and tells their story. That is amazing. But yeah. when you have other people that are like, oh, yeah, I knew it was a well-kept secret. Why didn't you tell anyone? That, yes, right. That's what blows uh, my mind. I'm not going after Darwin Cook's, you know, widow. But if you knew that a 36-year-old man was having sex with a 16-year-old, that is reportable, period. And I don't care now, who I, it is or what their job is. I'm not going to I don't want to discount the 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 severity of the behavior, but there was some stuff circulating online about the difference in age of consent in Canada. But still, I don't care. It's, it's <laughs> These are teenagers. They're yeah. girls. They're you, little girls. If you can't show it on cable television, then it's unacceptable. We all agree with that. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I left out uh, some of the names of the victims because I don't really feel like it's our place to like point people at them and demand proof or details or whatever. It's out there. It's easy to find if you look and the proof is extremely damning. Uh, I just going to, re- I wrote a little thing here. I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, I think it's fair to say that the majority of the THN audience is made up of men, uh, some of whom have some kind of ties to the comics industry, whether it's as fans that have established relationships with creators or in a professional or retail capacity or as a podcaster or a writer or whatever. Uh, It's also fair to say that many of you are fans of these creators specifically. We can't tell you how to feel. We can't tell you how to engage with our past or future work going forward. I don't even know how I'm going to handle it myself. Uh, It is a personal decision, but like Matt said, it is our responsibility to believe women and believe victims when this kind of things uh, are reported and when we witness it ourselves to speak up because stories like this, stories like uh, Eddie Berganza and Scott Alley and all of these big names, Scott Lobdell, all of these huge name creators that have just suddenly come out. Oh, yeah. He's a big creep. Uh, that I was just like, all of a sudden, it seems, come out of the woodwork as being predators 
Well, it wasn't all of a sudden. It's been going on for decades and people knew about it and did nothing. Okay. There's another side to this too. And one thing I'm sick of is people saying, what's wrong with the comics industry? What's wrong with the comics industry? This is happening in every industry. So don't pretend like it's isolated to our little section of nerddom. Yeah. This is happening in the world. There was a major chain on Twitter from uh, Wrestling Exposed, which is a fantastic Oh, I saw follow. that you guys talking about wrestling and I didn't yes. know what was going on. A bunch of like NXT Europe guys and uh, smaller European wrestlers got outed huge time and way even more worse and more disgusting shit than this. And it's happening everywhere. And this is good that it's happening, that we're dredging up the sewage. It sucks. Nobody likes to see, you know, one of their heroes or someone they admire taken down. But if they are a bad person and they did bad things, then they're going to get taken down. And I'm not going to listen to the whole, oh, we're supposed to just believe all women. What about the ones with the vendetta? Yeah, there are women out there that will lie about this and the truth will come out. They will be exposed as a lie. There are plenty of other women who are telling the truth. And for these cases specifically, we're talking about there is proof. There are text chains. There are people that yes, know this. There happened. are screenshots. I've seen the Warren Ellis screenshots. They are disgusting. They, yeah. And it sucks. And but what I want to talk about today with you guys is not, we don't need to barbecue anyone or drag them with, but we know what happened. It's bad. I'm going to talk about where we go next. What do you do with yeah, this? Uh, when we when we open up the phone lines, we'll set up we'll set up a little bit. We, I got a little something about that, but I agree. You know the the news is there. We know what's happened. How, how are we, we going to react? How do we deal with it? You know, what are you right. going to do? Are you going to keep your stuff? Are you going to sell your stuff? Are you going to burn it and dance around it till it loses its power? Are you going to sell it and donate the money? You know, to a victims fund. And if you're not, that's okay too. It really is. We just want to talk about it. No judgment here. It's okay not to – it's okay if you don't know. It's okay yeah. if you don't know how to unpack these feelings because yeah, I'll to, be, find out that, to find out that your heroes are monsters is a terrible thing. I will be completely honest. My first reaction was, God damn it. God damn it, Warren Ellis. This is absolutely disgusting. And my second thought was, I'm not getting rid of my Stormwash run. I'll be totally honest. And, and I don't plan on it. I feel weird about it and I want to talk about it. And maybe that's wrong. Call me and tell me if it is. Let's hear it. First. Well, I, like, here's the, here's the, I mean, we can get into this when we open the phone lines. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like you rereading your Stormwatch run benefits nobody but you. Exactly. Exactly. So let's move along. All right, let's well, move on. We got plenty of time to talk about this. Let's move on to better news, please. From the Milestone desk, Milestone Comics co-founder Dennis Cohen has opened up about the return of the imprint through DC. There's a plan that you may remember was first announced at the 2015 Comic-Con International San Diego. Come on. Can we just call it SDCC or something? <laughs> that is stupid. Yeah, I don't know. It was delayed because of a subsequent lawsuit that we believe was with uh, the McDuffie estate and some other things. They have settled that. End of story. It was supposed to come back in 2017 where they announced it again in 2017, and then it was going to come out in 2018. Now, it is, in fact, happening. Apparently. Apparently. There's going to be a Rebirth-style one-shot titled Milestone by writer... No, 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 no. That was the original plan. Oh, that was the original plan. You're right. This is what they had... Yeah, they Sorry. were... They originally They were going announced. to do a Rebirth-style one-shot by Jeff Johns and Jim Lee in 2017, or in 2018. Totally remember that. And this was... Doubt at the time would have been part of like New 52? No, Rebirth 
Oh, rebirth. that would have been rebirth. You're right. That would have been full on. Yeah, rebirth. rebirth was like in 2016, maybe 2015, 2016. So the good news is Milestone is coming back. I will say the timing feels a little suspect, but I think it's great that Milestone's coming back. <laughs> well, I don't think it's suspect if you consider the people behind Milestone. No, like no, definitely not. I, I just think all of a sudden it's getting greenlit again. Look, I don't trust DC anymore at all. And I think when it comes down to it, their corporate masters are in this for one thing. And I don't think it's celebrating Black Lives Matter as much as, hey, can we make a little money off of this? I think the creators are awesome. And I'm glad this is coming back. And I'm sorry to be glib about it, but DC has given me a whole lot of reasons to be glib recently. Yes, but as we've also discussed in the past, making a good move... And making a move for profit aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. True. And sometimes they can be the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, like the the Denny Cowan came out and he's like, I think that this is needed now more than ever. I think he's right. And I hope that it's a success. I loved Milestone Comics back in the day. Um, like I loved... Uh, uh, Static was pretty good. I loved... What was the name of the team? The Shadow Cabinet. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, yeah. I loved Hardware. I thought Hardware. Hardware. Was that's the one Denny Cowan drew was Hardware. Yeah, it was like a Black Iron Man, Superman kind of thing. Yeah, uh, Icon was their Superman character. Uh, I, I think this is great. I do think it's very timely. And yeah, maybe DC sees the writing on the wall and like, yes, absolutely. I think give us your DC all need- black creators and 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 characters. I think DC needs to though because I do feel like. And maybe I'm wrong, and I would love to talk about it with you guys, but I do feel like Marvel has a better hand on their black heroes and black creators working within Marvel than DC Um, does. mm, Why do you think that? Well, I think the Black Panther has been a major part of the Marvel Universe for a while now, a movie star. And I mean, not just recently thrust in either. Before that, Luke Cage was a major part of the Avengers back in the day. Luke Cage has had a TV series and stuff. Whereas DC, it's like, yeah, we got Cyborg, baby. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Luke Cage... Luke Cage's return to popularity was written and drawn by white dudes. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying that there are more... In my opinion, I think there are more heroes of color in larger, high-visibility places in the Marvel Universe than there is in the DC Universe. And I don't think you can argue with that. Um, I'd have to think about it. But I think, I think that a move to increase the, diver- the amount of diversity in both characters and voices telling these stories Definitely. is a welcome thing. And even if you want to look at it cynically, it's better that they're doing it than them not doing it. No, I, I agree. I agree. As long as it's done well and curated by people that care about it. Right. I think so DC I think needs to do this, right? Positive move. Definitely. From the Free Comic Book Day desk, Free Comic Book Day is coming back in July. And this year, it lasts all summer long. With weekly free releases planned for every Wednesday between July 15th and September 9th. Good Lord. I I don't, I guess I don't know why, but we'll talk about it. Free comic book day. (laughs) 
free comic book day. I mean, to keep the crowds low, free comic book day was originally scheduled to take place in May on May 2nd, uh, obviously postponed indefinitely due to the pandemic, uh, which also led to widespread closures of direct market comic shops, both temporarily and permanently, as well as the disruption of shipping by diamond comics distributors, uh, which of course has now resumed Stores will receive five or more free titles every Wednesday for nine weeks straight. Uh, we don't really need to read that. No, I, okay. So I think you're right. Part of the reason they're doing this is because not everyone is open yet. And some people are in markets that could close again. If you look at what's going on in Houston, for example, yeah. the entire goddamn state of Arizona. And what will happen after today in Tulsa, actually? Timely. <laughs> but Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Giving, I think, spreading it out over the month. Good idea. It gives everyone a chance to do this. Some shops are reopening in the process. Others never closed for whatever reason. But I do miss I mean, the one day. It sucks that we didn't have free comic book day. Yeah. Just yeah. last night, I was sitting in case and I were watching movies. And I just like hit me like no summer blockbusters, no comic book summer blockbusters this year. No free comic book day. You know, so I'm glad they're doing something. This is fun. It's cool because yeah, they already and, had that shit and, printed. You got to do something with it. Yeah. And so there's there's they're saying um free comic book summer is what they're is what they're sort of calling it. Um and one of the reasons for the staggered release like this is to give people a reason to visit their local comic shop every week. Right. Which, and so I think that's a good thing. Oh, by the way, uh, and you should have been doing this for the last 15 years. <laughs> Put up free stuff I guess. every week. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I, I Like the, the one big day, the big splash is fun, but you can't deny that the vast majority of the people you see that day, you don't see again until the following year. Oh yeah. The free trolls come out and they get all the free yeah. stuff and they complain that they can't take more free stuff and you know, great. No, we'll see you next yeah. year. Thanks. <laughs> uh, now here's the weird thing. DC had originally planned on unveiling their generations event. Uh, that book has been replaced by a reprint of some of their young adult graphic novels. Uh, however, it's not quite clear yet how and from where retailers will receive their copies since DC has cut all ties with Diamond. Oh, God. I didn't even thought of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so now they have to, like, replace their – first of all uh, – oh. Now, they'll would, be ordering far fewer. Wouldn't some of it because, have shipped? Wouldn't some of it have shipped already, though? No, I think the stuff hit before this book shipped out. Oh, okay. You can see the full schedule of releases at freecomicbookday.com. Uh, they've got a nice, colorful list with covers and everything. I think this is a smart move. On the one hand, not to pack the shops full of people with the coronavirus. Right. And then giving them an excuse to come back every week. I, I think it's great. Yeah, it is. I'm curious to see how the DC stuff will go through. The fact that Generations is no longer being offered as a free comic book day. Off. It's completely gone off their schedule entirely. That just completely feeds our conspiracy theory that they went, nope, we're not doing that. And they just shut it all down. And the, the shit that's coming out right now, like death metal and stuff, it's just, we'll trickle some of it out. Just, uh, you know, sell it and see, uh, there you go. And while we quietly figure out something <laughs> else to do. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, oh, DC. Oh, DC. I just don't know, even know what to do with this, but the good news is it's time to talk about it. Okay. But first... Before we open the We're phone lines, about it. Joe Patrick, I need a new question of the week for these guys. I've got it. Or I need you to reset the current question of the week for these guys. I've got that too. 
this week's question was submitted by new father Ryan Hebrews Mount. The dude's wife went into labor uh, literally the day after we asked him to record a segment for next week. That's not our fault, okay? No, it's not. <laughs> but he, he, I'm not taking he messaged shit for this. He messaged us and he's like, uh, when do you need this by again? And I'm like, I don't know, like Wednesday? And he said, okay, that's probably fine. All right, well, hold on. I'm going to answer the phone real quick for this person. THN, cover to cover. Don't tell me who this is yet. We're going to do a little editing game where you hold here while Joe finishes up reading the question of the week. And then I'm going to be like, oh, look, we already have a caller. Okay? So, shh, stay quiet for a second. Yeah, shut up. I mean, you can hear me, though, right? Absolutely. I just told you to stay quiet. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Patrick, please reset the question of the week. I already talked about Ryan having a new baby. Congrats. Uh, Here's his question. With cons canceled for the year, one major thing we lose out on is finding artists to commission. While most of us don't have the extra scratch to shill out to names working at Marvel, DC, and Image, there are still plenty of artists out there. How do you go about finding artists for commissions during this trying time? Bonus question. What are some of your favorite commissions that you've had done uh, in Ryan's case, he got himself a sweet David the Fuente Moon Knight when David was there for a local con. He still can't believe it. Matt threatened to break into his house and steal it. Okay, loosely it's a whole threatened. Thing. Okay, it was a, it was a polite threat, if you will. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, a polite threat. I do so, love threatening people on the internet, though. Blah, 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 blah. Hello, caller. Who this? <laughs> Tweedly deedly dee. There morning, he is. David Robbins calling. David Robbins, how are you today, sir? I am well, sir. How are you guys doing? Well, you know, we're kicking it. We're uh, doing a little cover to cover here. Was there something you wanted to rap about with us? Um, yeah. Well, number one, I'll, I'll hit the question of the week. Um, I'm going to stay away from controversy stuff because to tell the truth, I didn't see anything until I reviewed the uh, question of the week for today. So I'm like, I will stay out of that and talk about happy stuff. I don't blame you at all. <laughs> <That's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have enough uh, heavy things going on in the world. I don't need to do that. Uh, let's talk about fun stuff. There you go. Um so uh, I don't deal with commissions or original artworks a ton um, just because it's typically out of my price range. And I, I like seeing prints from artists and I'll, I'll pick up some of those from time to time. I've got a bunch of Greg Horn prints. I've got some some other uh, random things that I've acquired here and there. Um, but I was at I think it was Wizard Chicago back in like the mid aughts um, before the it before all the artists went, um, we're not coming here anymore. That used to be a great uh, show. And Wizard Chicago was so much fun back in the day. I oh, it, it used to be. It used to be huge. It used to be one of the big four cons of the year. Yeah, it was gigantic. It was the second largest yeah. next to San Diego. Yep. Yep. Um, so I have a uh, uh, Jim Calafiore was there with DC. I think he was working on Gotham Underground at the time. Um, and I got on a comic board uh, a profile sketch of Blink. Nice. Uh, so I, I have a oh, I have a blink profile sketch uh, from Calfiore. That is completely awesome, and you yeah. are stealing part of my answer. I'm going to spoiler. Jimmy Calfiore <laughs> is my answer too. And oh man, I and I also met him at a Wizard World thing. But don't I'll tell my story later. That is kick ass. Okay. <laughs> he of course he w- would have been known at the time uh, for having previously drawn Exiles, right? Yep. Uh, which we talked yep. about on the show a couple weeks ago on our what if show, which which reminded me because I was listening to that show last night and uh, that reminded me that I had that sketch and, you know, it's currently hanging up in my office. So I, I, I work, I should say, but yeah. I do have uh, have it on display amongst some other prints of like Doctor Who and and, and Star Wars and stuff like that, too. So that I, is I, so I, cool. I like that print that that sketch a lot. Um, as far as 
stuff you just generally want to talk about. What are you doing? What are you watching? What are you playing? Um, I got a two part thing. We're doing some video game talk. Oh, um, nice. I, and yeah, I know yeah. it's like old, but I've been playing the hell out of the PS4 Spider-Man game. It's, um, oh, dude. I just, I just fired it up a few weeks ago when, uh, with all of the moving issues I've been having and, and all that, I get decompress and I, I fired it up and I'm loving the hell out of it. <sighs> totally. That's Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. Game. Are you in Iowa? Are you in Iowa now? Uh, no, no, no. That was John from Jersey. I'm in Milwaukee. Sorry. I'm staying. Guy. Uh, like, with everything that's going on, I'm actually staying put through next spring. I'm not actually going to move uh, residences. I'm going to stay here. I've been dealing with some personal stuff with, with mom and all that, and I haven't been able to get her stuff to her. So just, it was just too much all at once. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so okay. let's talk about that Spider-Man game for a minute because yeah. that is one of those things. If I'm having a bad day, if I'm upset about something, if I've had a rough week or say, I don't know, the United States is collapsing into a pit of hell and there's nothing we can do about it. I find that I can put in that Spider-Man game from any point, just swing around New York and I feel better. Yeah. I just yeah. feel better. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. The game is wonderful. And the game is wonderful. And after seeing the PS5 stuff coming out next uh, in this fall um, and seeing the launch trailer for Miles Morales, I'm in. Uh, I, I totally am, am going to get, you know, probably the PS4 version of that. Um, but I hope they do a PS4 about, version. I don't believe they're doing a PS4 version. I think it's PS5 only nerds. Sorry. No, I think no, they're talking no, about the no, PS5 no, now PS4. because that's the new cycle we're on. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> at first they that were like, is, nope. Yeah, that one is PS4. Unfortunately, the game that I did see a trailer for this week, actually I just saw it yesterday, is going to be PS5, new Xbox, and Steam exclusive only village have you heard about this yet no i don't know no village no resident evil 8 <laughs> oh god damn it uh, good luck with that guy <laughs> i can't get into it. those games i played too through big of a baby i've played through every single goddamn one and this oh <laughs> this shit pisses me um, off <laughs> it is it, it appears to be a continuation of seven it's first person like like seven was right chris is a big thing in it and apparently, from what the early rumors I'm seeing now, vampires and werewolves. Oh, boy. Oh, see, now I might be actually into that because I love folklore monsters. Well, you're too afraid of the, yeah. of the chemical zombies? Oh, no. Resident Evil 7, I thought was terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's scary. With the, with it's the scary. creepy Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. cannibal family? Yeah, fuck off with hell. that. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. God damn but, it. But here's the fun part. It's a rural village and the assets look surprisingly similar to the fact that they might be making a resident evil four remake. Oh, I'm Ooh. sure they are. They do this every time they do they this do, every they're, time. They're there. It, it's got a very similar aesthetic to four, but it's a brand new game. And it seems like we're just going to get a new resident evil game uh, every year. Yeah. And it's going to go, they're going to alternate between new game remake, yeah. new game remake. Which, did you I've buy that Resident a bunch Evil 2? Of two? I haven't finished it, but it, 2 is fantastic. Resident Evil 2, the remake is amazing. I love it. I got it for free you know, on PlayStation I, when they did like Games for Gold or whatever or something. That's, yeah, PlayStation Plus. Sorry. Uh, I thought they already announced that, yes, in fact, they are remaking Resident Evil 4. Maybe I dreamt, dreamt it, but because um, I saw somebody, somebody posted a joke about how they. Um, they're trying to catch up to Bethesda with how many different times they've re-released Skyrim. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I, like, I, 
I don't know if they've officially announced four, but like everyone that's in, I, I listen to a Resident Evil podcast as well uh, from a bunch of like ridiculous dudes in uh, in England, and it's they they are <laughs> deep dive on this is lore, this isn't lore, this is canon, this isn't canon. Uh, but to my knowledge, everyone's assuming that there's going to be a four remake but they haven't announced it yet. I demand a link to this podcast because that is the kind of shit that I need in my life. I've been listening to a Castlevania lore podcast, which I thought made me the nerdiest dude in the world. Thank you for kicking that door open and letting me know I'm not alone. (laughs) There are other doors. Castlevania lore doesn't make any damn sense. (laughs) It's nuts. (laughs) It's straight up called the Resident Evil podcast. Okay, I think I can remember that. Thank you. (laughs) No problem, no problem. I stumbled uh, upon it, but they, they do like, there's a guy that has spent like 10 years writing this like four, like 140 page timeline chronology of Resident Evil. Oh my God. Whew. Like they are, they are hardcore as much as, as Joe, as much as you are hardcore on the new warriors, these guys are 10 times on just Damn. Resident Evil. We need I'm to have a show where we on the just, new warriors. We need to have a show where we just, talk I, about I know. We definitely need to have a lore show. Like, what's your favorite lore? I think we, oh, that would be too much fun. Oh, maybe that could be a new question of the week. I love it. Put David that Robbins, in the back of your head. Thank you. Uh, I want to go back real quick. That Spider-Man yeah. game, that's the entire reason I bought a PS4. It was announced. Same here. I was like, I need a PS4. I need it. I need it. I need it. My wife got me one for Christmas 2017, almost a full year before the game came out because I was that ready to play that to become Spider-Man. Yeah. And what like is the, your- I, the fact that they're making more of it and with yeah. Miles as the star, I could not be more excited for that game. What's your favorite costume to swing around in? The fucking hooded uh, sweatshirt. Classic costume. <laughs> no, oh. I wear the classic costume I, I'm at Scarlet, all times. I'm Scarlet Spider with the sweatshirt all the <laughs> Totally. Away. I go I Scarlet. It. It's so stupid. I can't fight it. I love it. No. <laughs> nope. David, thank you for your call, man. We got some other people trying to get in, so I'm going to let you go, brother. All right. Take care, guys. Be safe out there. But, yeah, you too, David. Thanks. Four zero two eight one nine four eight nine four. I see you trying to call JD desperately, and I think it's sad that I've memorized your phone number at this point. That's I didn't even know I could memorize phone numbers. I think anymore. he might be our only seven one two caller. <laughs> it could be. Maybe I'm just calling my shot here. But the phone yeah. line is open. I see you trying to get in. You just missed that one. I bet you'll get it this next time, though. I bet it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I see. I thought that Miles game was only PS was going to be PS five, but. I think that's what they're talking about because that was the, their big PS5 reveal event. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who dis? It's JD. Good morning, JD. I assume you want to we talk about you. Uh, Uncle Warren for a little bit here. Actually, no. Good. <laughs> because I was like, oh, man, JD's going to cry. He's going to fucking cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I want to talk about two books. Uh First one is one you guys reviewed this week, uh, uh, Adventure Man. Yeah, Adventure Man. Yeah, I, I read that. Uh, you know, I very rarely buy books day and date, uh, and I I got that one, and I was just like, oh damn, I, I got a new book. I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> and My- I agree with you 100, percent Matt. We got Fraction back. Yeah. You know, I know he's been doing Jimmy Olsen, but that's over in the the, the hinterlands that I don't know. <laughs> and as much as I love Jimmy Olsen, so, it's that's not the Matt Fraction that I love. It's great. Yeah. And it's really well written. But like and I'm not saying like, well, anybody can be funny. 
I love it when Matt Fraction gets a little more serious. He still very much holds on to the humor in his comics. No question. Right. Yeah. But when he gets a little more serious like this and he's allowed to develop a whole world and shit, love it. I love him. One of my oh, yeah. favorite comic yeah. writers. Totally. And hopefully we don't get don't think, anything in the news about him next week. you don't think Matt Fraction is developing a world around Jimmy Olsen, you have not been paying attention. No, I'm not saying he's not. <laughs> it's just so nuts. It's it's complete slapstick. It's great. And, and it's fun. But it's slapstick. <laughs> it's my favorite thing DC's putting out right now. Sorry. I don't <laughs> think there's an argument against that. I think you're probably right. Well, speak, speaking of Matt Fraction and a connection to uh, this week's episode – Matt, you, I'm surprised you didn't call out the Casanova Quinn cameo in Ludacrats. I didn't want to spoil it for anybody, but like while I was reading Ludacrats, I was like, you know what this reminds me of? This totally reminds yeah, me of, of Casanova. And then the main character looked me in the eye and went, oh, look, Matt, there's Casanova Quinn. Like he literally looks the reader in the eye. And, yep. and it was like, well, this is a meta moment, isn't it? Casanova Quinn is here in a dinosaur suit stealing that or whatever it is. <laughs> and uh the other book i wanted to bring up is a is a new book that was probably my first the first thing i picked up when comics came back it was the first of my subscriptions that showed back up in my pull file on comiXology and uh i think it's a good book to highlight given the current state of things and i think if anyone's not reading excellence you're wrong. That's great. <laughs> Excellence is great. I have not read Excellence. Excellence oh, is man. great. It, uh, yeah. Is it Carrie Randolph is the artist? Yeah, Carrie Randolph and uh, Brandon Thompson is uh, Carrie Randolph and Brandon Thompson are the creators. Brandon Thompson's yeah. writing. Carrie Randolph's doing art. I think there's another artist on it as well. I think there's three of them. Oh wait a minute! Three I reviewed creators. the first issue of yeah. this. Yeah, this was the Skybound book. This was fantastic. Yeah, yes. And, I it, thought and, I and I think it. it's really maybe, well, well, maybe one maybe. of the reasons why I wanted to highlight it is because I, I've been noticing recently there's been a big push to highlight uh, creators of color. Right. Uh, you guys talked about the milestone thing. Uh, I saw like a, a movement online the other day, which was, you know, uh, there was one day that people were just supposed to buy nothing but books by by black creators yeah. trying to basically try to black out the bestseller list. Yep. And so I was like, so I started thinking, okay, what, what do I have? What am I reading? What, what, what do I have of, you know, and I, I picked up a suggestion on a prose book on Amazon and then I was like, oh, excellent. So I went, so I've started going back and rereading it because as good as the book is, I think it's a bit dense and uh, kind of frenetic for month to month reading. But when you get that collected stuff, oh, it reads, oh, it's so deep. And uh, not for nothing, and I feel kind of weird admitting this, but uh, my wife and I binge watched uh, Dear Black People or Dear White People on Netflix this week. Oh, nice! And it's a, that's a fantastic show, by the way. It's an it's excellent great, show. Yeah. Regardless, but uh, the uh, just the it, it really hit home to me how much excellence hits hits that uh, experience of being a person of color. Yeah. You know, as much as I can see from, you know, my 
from your white guy face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was yeah. watching Bill my, Burr. Was, for, from my being the problem standpoint. Right. I was watching <laughs> Bill Burr, a comedy special he did in 2019 last night, and he was talking about watching this Elvis documentary with his wife. And he's like, so I'm sitting there with my white face and my white eyes, and I'm looking at all these white guys talk about the white king of rock. And he's like, and, you know, my black wife is sitting next to me, and she's watching it with her black face and her black eyes, and she's seeing a very different show. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, and I slowly yeah. realized by the hmm, 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 like, oh shit, there's something going on here that I'm not picking up on. <laughs> it's great. He's like, so I turned it off. You know, it's like, I don't know what else to do. I panicked. I just turned it off. I was like, let's watch something else. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of lore, uh, like you said, JD, like excellence for a book that's only been around about a year or so, yeah. excellence has a lot of lore. And yeah, uh, I can definitely see how it might benefit from reading in solid chunks as opposed to monthly. Uh, also, you can yeah. read issue number one for free right now on ImageComics.com. Yep. Yeah, it's also it's also available through Comicsology Unlimited. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And I looked at my review and that I said this was a fantastic book with a little too much going on that's going to be great. When you read more of yeah. it, <laughs> yep, so exactly. I, need to, I, I need to catch yeah, up when on you get book. into it because it bounces through time and everything else. But, yeah. oh, it's, you know, and it's like I can hear these characters voices. I mean, and these characters cast themselves, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's also it's not really good. It's also not trying to be anything that it's not. You know what I mean? It's not trying to no, be like, no, that's right, because he's a black be, character. It, it's and, not, you know, it's, it's not black Harry Potter. Not and at it's all. not, you know, it, it is firmly its own thing. It is a 100 percent original. Definitely. Good call on excellence. That's an excellent call. Uh, speaking yeah, of other excited for more adventure, man, those character designs are fire. man. Stupid fun. I love them. Stupid. Love fun. It. That was so great. Uh, speaking of other uh, stories featuring characters of color. Uh, that are being provided for free at the moment. Uh, HBO made all of Watchmen available oh, yeah. to watch for free. Oh, wow. Yep. And uh, I like, I will tell you an alarming number of people, me included, have come out and said, I had no idea about the Tulsa race riots. Yeah. Until I saw it on Watchmen. Like I had to look it up and make sure it wasn't made up. <laughs> Somebody, there's a comedian on Twitter this week where, or last week when they decided to move the Trump rally from, you know, Juneteenth to the next day. He was like, all right, you fuckers, don't act like none of you watched Watchmen and didn't Google that shit. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because they did not teach that in school. They did not teach no, that in no, my no, Midwest elementary or high school history classes i did not hear the word juneteenth until i was an adult yeah yeah me neither in 1492 and, like, columbus just, sailed the the seas of blue discovered the united states and we lived happily ever after and that was pretty much everything i yeah. learned in history class so. <laughs> uh thank yep. you john bunger it's it was a it was a race massacre not a riot uh it's important to to yeah. That's true. To yeah. make the distinction Thanks, that the black community in Tulsa were not the instigators. They were definitely the victims. Yeah. They were just um, mur straight up yeah. murdered. <clears throat> just like it's important to call. Uh, I, I think it's important to say stuff like um, the protests uh, that are happening right now. If they happen to get mm -hmm. violent, they are not riots. They are uprisings. <laughs> Fair and enough. I think true. it's I, I think that like we are at a turning point 
in history and seeing this sort of um, these sort this sort of story being told and and made available uh, to help educate people like me uh, is mm-hmm. essential right now. Definitely. So yeah, I wrote I wrote a piece on my on my website uh, planetfictionproductions.com about this, and the title of the piece is uh, "This is going to hurt." Yeah. And yeah. it's basically just kind of my thoughts on being part of the problem and sure. how to stop doing that. <laughs> but there's also and, nothing uh, wrong with admitting yeah. I'm part of the problem because it means you're waking yeah. up and you're looking at it. Like one of the, one of the sharp criticisms I saw of Watchmen recently was like, it's sad. It's so sad that America has to learn about, you know, the, what happened in Tulsa this way and it's embarrassing. And yet I don't think it is. I think it's good. No, you I know think it's more glaring. Not learning about it at all. Exactly. I think it's yeah, glaring. Yeah, yeah. I think it tells uh, it. It shows how important fiction can be in teaching us a lesson yes. and telling people stories. And if people found out the first, if that was the first time that someone found out this was true when they Googled it and was like, "Holy shit, this happened!" Good. Mm-hmm. That's a wake up moment. And that is a moment where you're yep. gonna when you're gonna say, I should have learned this in school. Why didn't I learn this in school? And things yeah, are gonna be different. That's when after you start that. questioning things and that's, that's the important. important. Part. Yeah. So I don't buy this like <clears throat> screw you watchman, like that bullshit. Yeah. I'm not yeah. buying it. So let's put a pin in this with uh this statement that my friend uh my friend Jay King posted on Facebook yesterday. Um he's a very talented artist, he's rusty shackles on uh oh, Twitter I'm and talking Instagram. about that dude in a while. Uh, he said last night, I got to say, I'm impressed with how a series went from absolutely despised by the comics community pre-launch with good reason regarding Alan Moore into being one of the few pieces of superhero media to actually educate and mean something in a long time. Sometimes when you grill up a sacred cow, you get some tasty steaks. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. Absolutely true. I will say, and since we're putting a pin in things, I will. The one thing I am going to say about Warren Ellis and I don't mean to be too glib about it, but uh, I'm really glad I went with my second idea for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, otherwise. Yeah, that would have been a real awkward moment. You could sort of turn it into like Catch and Kill, you know, like the podcast of the guy that exposed Jeffrey Epstein, you <laughs> know. Like, predator? Yeah, yeah, you just really yeah, no. gently veer to the left and you go, all right, we're doing this now, you know. JD, yeah, thanks for your call. No. I got some other people trying to call in, buddy, but it's good to hear from you. I am sorry for your loss. I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, me too. All right, talk to you guys later. Phone line is is open, 402-819-4894. The whole Juneteenth thing, man, like, it is something that I had heard about. I'm not going to say, like, I knew it was a holiday or whatever, but I I think Watchmen was so, like, it's strange how important that HBO show was in waking a lot of fucking white nerds up to this shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's true. Thank you for calling THN, cover to cover caller. Who this? It's Brian Domingos. Good morning, Brian Domingos. You posted a creepy photo of you getting excited to talk about original art commissions. That's one of my favorite memes, that guy. Like, the best. <laughs> I love it. It's like a um, dude I, in, like I love a, it too. in like a pimp suit behind a tree, and he's like rubbing his hands like, oh, boy. <laughs> I, think, I think it's from like engagement photos. Like, it's from a long time ago. But the guy like looking at his, his like future wife like, oh, yeah. Like he's going to eat great. her? <laughs> well, there, there's an awesome one where it's, it's – um, 
I forget what the, the first part, but the second one is him with like the Galactus head, like ready to eat a planet, <laughs> like really great. Um, a- any version of that guy is great. So it was a tribute. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about any of the news because it's been emotionally draining this week. So um, the missions fair. are um, amazing and a great way that you can support artists that you um, value and that you think need more exposure or even just you want to see them draw something really cool. Um, and I started getting into them uh, back in like 2017 um, where I had an idea and um, I wanted a just a run of Justice Society of America, like classic versions. Um, and I found a bunch of artists to do them and they are, they turned out amazingly great. Nice. That, one of the coolest feelings in the world and I haven't had it for a while because I haven't had a lot of money to throw commissions and stuff, but is when you find like that creator that is just about to blow up, just about yeah. to explode. And you hit them up and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing shit, man. Like, yeah, you want a swamp thing? I don't know. hundred bucks. And they're like, yeah, all right, cool. And two weeks later, it's like, he's announced. It's like, he's the new artist on uncanny X-Men. And you're just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's like this jackpot feeling almost. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And and one of the um so I did the the Justice Society ones and then I did a um a run of like the Wildcats like the 2.0 version, like the Travis Charest kind of redesigned. Oh yeah. Oh, um, nice. And which are they're all headshots and it's this guy Drew Moss who um has done some interior work and he's kind of becoming more of like a um, I think he did like a Vampirella miniseries or something, but he's kind of like, he's not a cheesecakey artist, but he's just got this really great, like clean style. And he did these amazing headshots, um, like bust things of the Wildcats. And they are, he uses different colored paper to, you know, accent like the background. And like, so he won't color that part because it matches the background. It's like the, the paper's the, like the right color. Like he's, he's a real like artist. That's and so like cool. His stuff is, it's so great. And he did, I think he was having like, you know, buy, a, like buy to get like a smaller headshot free. And so I got like all of them and I ended up getting a bunch of little black and white headshots. And, um, he's, he does them all the, like he does commissions all the time and his stuff is so great. And so the, um, the, the, piece of advice I would have uh, for people is it's pretty simple, but it's kind of how I did it is just go on social media and follow the tags, like hashtag commissions. So on Instagram and Twitter and just see what people are doing, see when they're available. If there's someone you think you might like, you know, to get something later, follow them because they always announce like, Hey, I'm, I'm open for 10 commissions or 15 or whatever, or, Hey, I had some work fall through, hit me up if you want something. Um, so I have like a little running list that I kind of grew as I've gone through these kind of, um, these different sets that I've done. Um, and there's always, you don't have to spend a lot of money, which is the big thing. Like some of them are ridiculous when it's like, Oh, it's $400 for like an 11 by 17, you know, you know, full figure, but no background. Right. That's too much money. That's ridiculous. I don't but think 400 bucks can, even get you an arm from a guy like Mike Magnola, honestly. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a piece that there's a Seth Fisher original art um, Green Lantern page on eBay for 500. So go get that if you're going to spend yeah, 400 on that. No doubt. Um, but, um, but, the, you know, but one of the things that I do is I ask for 
they do nine by 12. And so the smaller ones, it's usually like 20% less. Really? And they're happy to do it. And yeah. So, you know, there's kind of a negotiation. Um, and when everything started with the, the COVID shutdown and people kind of losing gigs and, and looking for more work and even not even comics gigs, but like their day jobs, they right. were like reload right. or, you know, like the, the still up and coming guys, like they, they're like, I'm home, please ask for something. And, um, I basically spent like my, you know, government stipend on, um, on that stuff and, I'm happy to do it. And you get these awesome, ridiculous things. And, and I, my 2020 set is a death blow set. Um, and they are amazing or hilarious. And I've got, you know, as I mentioned before, a Joe Patrick, which is, um, I, I love so much. I printed it out on really nice paper, Joe. So it, uh, it looks oh. good in the portfolio. Um, thank you, but, um, it's great. It's the first one in the, in the set. Brian, um, let me ask so you when I turn it real quick, you mentioned how you printed one out. Are there artists out there? And I honestly don't know that are doing commissions digitally that they can just like yes, email you and then many. you print it out. I see. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. There are lots of artists only work digitally. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's part of the, you got, and, and I made, it's not, it's a mistake. It's not a big deal, but like one of the artists that I commissioned, he was in, um, I think he's in Ireland and he, he did a wildcat for me, um, from the JSA and it was, inexpensive but it ended up being digital so he sent me like a super high-res copy and i was a little like oh like you know right it's great but it's on it lives on a thumb drive right but i did when i printed out joe's i guess i was required you know i needed to have that um those those bright red popping on there um i printed the wildcat (laughs) and it looked because i had really nice cardstock at, at work on the laser jet printer that i have there so um i printed a couple things out and you can get those. It's a nice little collection. Um, and sometimes they're less expensive, but I, I mean, I like the tangible thing. I would prefer to have like a, um, which honestly they live in a, in a portfolio on a shelf, but, um, I do look through them and say, Oh, these are so great. And I'm glad I did them. So just um, set so, it up for know, me real quick. When you like, I, I'm a creator, you contact me. How does this go? Do you say, Hey man, um, I would love to commission you to draw four or I would love to commission you to draw wildcat or like, do you just, or, or are they saying, Hey, I'm doing commissions and sky's the limit. How's it work? It really, that, thank you for asking. That's a good question. It really depends. So there is, um, uh, I think his name is, it's Chris Johnson. He does like a bunch of like TMNT stuff for IDW. Like he's yeah, yeah. Like one of, he's awesome. He's amazing. So he had a thing. He's amazing. So he had a thing on his, it must've been on Instagram um, where he was, saying my commissions are open. So you go to his site and there's like a commission ordering, just like you'd be buying a t-shirt oh. and you go in and you, you say, this is what I'd like. Um, sometimes they don't have the price, which I get because it might scare people away, but also like, it's kind of annoying. So you have to like figure it out. Um, but you, you know, I, I, t- unless I really want that artist, I tend not to bother with that because then you're, it's like negotiating for a car. Like, I don't want to do this. Like what, what does it cost? Just tell me rather than me, like, yeah, you know, going back and forth. I don't want to do that, but he had a, you know, a listing on there. Again, the nine by 12 is a lot less than the, the bigger one. Um, and I just put in, you know, Hey, um, I'd like a commission. If there's room, this is what I'm looking for. Um, nine by 12, um, pen and ink. Um, no, and, and because they'll say the base rate is $70 for nine by 12 for black and white. And then they'll say with a background, with like one figure, Two figures, it's another fifty. Right. With backgrounds, it's another twenty-five. So it, it I mean you could end up spending 
$500 if you wanted all four turtles. But you can also, ta- you know, you're tailoring it at that point, which yeah, is. Yeah, it's kind of like an a la carte menu where, where you're like, I want, or or adding pizza toppings to your pizza. <laughs> Very so expensive. You, how, much for a cheese, so I, I, how much for a cheese pizza? Like cheese pizza? Now, uh, how much bucks. to add Donatello to it? That's another $40. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and I'm sure if you wanted to do like, um, you know, Donatello, you know, all of them, you remember those ridiculous figures where they had them dressed up like baseball players. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could, if you, the, the more complicated it is, it gets a little more expensive, but I try to keep it simple. Like, and I say, Hey, this is who I want. And with death blow, like in case they weren't totally sure of what I was looking for. Um, luckily all of them were like totally psyched, which was awesome. Um, but you know, it's like, I can send you some, um, references and i already have them downloaded like different you know some tim sales and some jim lees because i wanted like the classic one um so that's not offensive so say, hey, if you if you say like hey uh, this is sort of what i'm thinking of they're, they're not going to be offended and be like well, well it's I- not so much saying this is how i want you to do it it's more like this is the character i'm talking t- about this is how the character looks okay because i would just part you of know. me would be afraid to be like well I'm sorry. I thought you wanted my vision. But I mean, like I've heard stories with <laughs> of, of guys coming up to you've heard this story. I know you have of uh, I don't remember who the artist was. I, I don't remember if it was Phil Hester or um, a, a different guy we had in the shop. But he oh, I think it was about John Romita Jr. where this father came to John Romita Jr. And he's like, OK, I want you to draw a picture of Thor and Odin, but I want me to be Odin and my son to be Thor. And John Romita Jr. just sat there and looked at him and he went, okay. And then rattled off this ridiculous number. And the guy was like, sold. (laughs) So, I mean, really, it's up to the artist. If you want to get that weird about it and the artist is up for it, just be prepared to pay. Like when I used to ask for Thor punching me off the toilet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be, and if you were like, but only like a Toto toilet, they'd be like, that's an extra $25. Um, right. So one of, one of those people, so I, you know, I, so I did the Chris Johnson thing. I sent it through. I paid right on the spot because uh, it was like a PayPal transaction. And right. that was in April. And then I hadn't heard anything. And I watch his things now. And I'm, I'm always like, because it's nice to see a hint that they're like working on it. Right. You know, like it's on the desk or they're like, hey, this is what's coming up. So I emailed him this week and was just like, hey, I know you're super busy. Um, I just want to make sure that this is still on the table. And he was like, no problem. You know, I'm working on it next week. And it's like, awesome. So like the, the communication is a really hard part too. Yeah. Um, because some people are really bad at it. Um, one that I would recommend before he realizes that he does not charge enough um, is Ryan Kelly um, of like oh, local. Yeah. And he is amazing. Um, he does too much. Like his, he has an unbelievable amount of detail and everything's like drawn and like watercolor painted. Wow. Um, and he only charges, I think he did, I did the nine by 12. I had him do the golden age, um, Sandman. Um, so Wesley Dodds and then also, uh, Diane Belmont. Um, and I told him exactly like I sent him a reference cause I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to look like. And it was based on a, um, a 52 cover with like Montoya in the front and then like some like creature in the back. And it was just kind of like, you know, her in the front and him sort of protecting, but he, she doesn't really need the protecting. So it was just kind of there. Right. And he sent this amazing thing that is just like so detailed because it's a full background. Like he did a full, it's like a splash page. It's gorgeous. It's fully painted in, in watercolors. It's all gray tones. Um, I think it was $90. 
It's Damn. like unbelievable. I'm looking at a bunch <laughs> of these commissions right now, and they are intense. And it's funny because I search, I search Ryan Kelly comic commission, and let a bunch of pictures of this good-looking guy come up. I'm like, who's this douchebag? I'm like, oh, that's Ryan Kelly. He's a really good-looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see some stud. I want to see some comics. Yeah. Um, totally. the, the only thing about him is that he he is very clear. Is that he is very slow. Yeah. And you might wait six months. Fair but enough. he doesn't collect a penny until you until he's done. That is cool. So, so a lot of and, people and bitch and complain that he takes forever, but it's a good deal. It's cheap, and he is honest, and he does better than it. like he should be. If it was one hundred and fifty dollars, I'd say yeah, it's worth it. Wow. Yeah. Some of his commissions I mean, I'm looking at are amazing. Yeah. There's a Luke Skywalker here. There's two Batman. Oh my god, amazing looking shit. It's some artists though. I mean, they're, they're just bad at following through. Yeah. It, I, I've heard some horror stories about people waiting years, uh, from like yeah. big name artists. Um, uh, our friend of the show, Aaron Myers, uh, he, he posted something in our group chat last night and he's like, what's the longest, uh, you guys have ever waited for a commission you've, you've purchased. He said, I think I'm going on seven years. <laughs> And I believe it was for a ROM commission by Ramon Villalobos. Seven years? That the dude still has not done. See, that, um, that sucks. Yeah, so yeah. I, I might be wrong about it being Ramon Villalobos, but I know that he's definitely been waiting for a piece of art from Ramon for a very long time. Oh, that's... It, and that, and so that it's just... The, that's the really frustrating part of the whole thing, um, is yeah. I... So that JSA said, I think there were... I don't remember how many, 11 or 13. It's, it's a lot because it's, it's a, a, you know, I went through the whole list. Um, the, the one I got from Jesse Ham, the, the Black Canary, is like so gorgeous and amazing. I can't even handle how great it is that like he did one of those and it's mine. Um, yeah. and, and like Rico Renzi, the colorist, colored it like for fun. And oh, so cool. I like I have that digital file of like the, the digital coloring. Um, but the, the waiting forever is really hard and it's also hard the flip side of the thing, Matt, where the person starts to get a little, a little more cachet is that you see your stuff disappear. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. now they're working on all these other things. They got this other work coming and, but you've already paid for it. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to like be patient. And like, I understand you got to, you know, feed yourself and some of them have families and some of them are young and they're just trying to make it. And I totally get it. But when it's been like six months and you haven't heard from them, and you see them like dicking around on Twitter and doing other people's commissions. and like, just like slap. They're like, Oh, I didn't do anything today. It's like, how about you do my commission? Like, how about like, you know, I you spent do all so day I, playing I a, Spider-Man on PS4. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they have screenshots of them playing. And it's like, get off Twitch and do my thing, please. Um, so that, that can be really frustrating. And there's definitely, there's one guy that um, I, and I don't, I won't say his name, but he is, Sort of, I, I've seen interviews with him recently where I'm like, he dicked me around, and I know by the end he did it like out of spite, and it's really beautiful, and it's a great piece, but like I'm like, ugh, like it kind of bums me out that he kind of jerked me along for so long because yeah. there's a lot of excuses and a lot of excuses, and so that I mean, you're dealing with people who are semi-professional in some ways, right? Um, well, and this also is the not their part, job; they're not like a business manager; they're an artist first and foremost, and when you start. Yeah taking on commissions like this yeah there's going to be a lot of communication there's money that goes back and forth it is their job (laughs) i mean it's their job to be an artist but they're probably being handled by editors and managers and shit when they're working in comics 
so speaking speaking as someone who has dipped the very tip of his pinky toe into the idea of becoming some sort of ongoing online artist there are there's so much that goes into like building yourself up as a as a brand and selling yourself sure these not a, these guys it's not like these guys have agents uh, unless it's like John Cassidy or right. you know somebody like that yeah JR Jr. Like Brian or Michael Magnolia. Brian Michael Bendis probably has Hollywood representation oh of course um but like you know just your like Ryan Kelly he's just a guy managing his own small business good looking guy let me bring that up again he's a good looking guy yeah. <laughs> Brian I'm gonna we got some other people trying to call in so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off here but thank you for the call this has been so great that was I was super really excited to talk to you about this yeah and I didn't know you were, um, you were um, creeping on this many like artists online that's really cool I I am well now that I just got my fill it's like the it's like that Stephen King book The Outsider I, I'm, I'm not hungry for a while but I will be again probably next year Fair um, you've got any, that uh, anyone uh, Anyone listening who wants any advice or anyone to avoid, like, hit me up. I'd be happy to talk about it. Um, I will be behind the tree um, pouncing on the next thing <laughs> that comes up. You've, got, to, you've all right. got all of your stuff up on one of those collector art websites, right? Yeah, it's all on um, comicartfans.com. And it's got my original art and also, but all the commissions are there. Throw in the chat. Um, Throw a link in so. the chat so we can see what you got. Or yeah, or just post it on the fan page or whatever. Yeah, yeah do whatever Facebook. you if because I've been there and I've seen what you've done, and like I'm certainly very impressed with your dedication to supporting original art. Oh, thanks, thanks. I, um, I'm luckily my wife is still okay with it, so that's always nice. Well, you know, um, it's one of those yeah. things. I think they realize like I can pick between porn or comic book art, you know, <laughs> or, you know, so instead of my wife cocaine. years ago, I was like hard drugs and, and like, sex with strangers or toys, video games and comic books. I'll let you pick, sweetie. And she was like, let's go with the listen, toys, video games and I, comics. I'm not going to I'm not going to do black tar heroin with furries anymore. I'll just buy um, original art. a little. With exactly. A little exactly. Brian, thanks for your uh, call, man. Right. Yeah. Bye, Brian. I'm sorry that went so long, but it was very interesting. I wanted to talk about that because selfishly, I kind of want to get back in this game of commissions and original art. I've got you can't see it. We used to put us on the, you know, Facebook video, but I have a whole wall of original art that I own and I haven't bought anything for a long time and I've been feeling it. Ooh, I've been feeling it. Don't let Matt Bomb fool you. He chose comics, video games, and toys and hard drugs <laughs> and sex with strangers <laughs> it's a balance you know uh-huh. you, you, yeah. you gotta balance everything thank you for calling thn cover to cover caller who this hey resident aquaman superfan patrick good morning patrick how are we today Hello, patrick and what do you want to rap about so um i've been listening to the show and I, I'm not really big into original art. I have some stuff. I've mentioned I have, you know, every free comic book day, I took it some, some Joe stuff, which, by the way, since we don't have free comic book day, I have to, I have to get a, uh, we have to talk about it offline because I, oh, sure. I still need at least a, one yearly, one of my yearly uh, pieces from you. Well, they have to get in line. And I, think I, I do have something uh, here for you that's completed. I just, you know. Haven't had a oh, chance to get it to you. Oh, Joe, for? I listen to that. Joe's one of those uh, creators that are very Jimbo, difficult wasn't to it? deal with. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Okay. Turns out Joe's one um, of those creators that's very hard to communicate with and deal with and get your stuff on time. Go figure. Hmm. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm easy to communicate with. I'm just lazy. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. 
Um, so th this is, uh, so I, I was kind of thinking like, ah, well, I'm not going to call in this question really isn't for me. It's, I just don't do a lot of that stuff. And then I remembered it's a little preemptive because I don't have it in hand yet, but I actually have something on the way. Um, so a little background, uh, you all know, uh, Chris Davis, yeah. um, who also, by the way, is a great artist. And I, I do have a, uh, like a poster sized Thanos that he did for me. Um, all in watercolor is pretty great. Um, but, uh, he is, he's who got me into comics in the first place when we were friends years and years ago. He is my oldest friend. We went to preschool together. Oh, wow. Um, and what he did is he introduced me to these trading cards, these Marvel, Marvel universe trading cards. Sure. Uh, and I love them so much. Spoke to me. What? Joe said he loves. I them love so those much. so much. Oh God, yes, yes. Um, and I just, I, I loved like I've always been like have this collector mentality, but I'd never read comics, but I saw these characters and they're colorful and they're awesome. So I started collecting those with him. We'd ride our bikes down to uh, LB Sports Cards. Oh yeah, down in uh, oh yeah, uh, we're eighty uh, fourth and Center there, and pick up packs of cards and stuff like that. Uh, and you know, as they came out series two and three and four, we kept up with that as well. Um, so anyway, uh, last weekend I'm poking around, um, these auctions, uh, and I see the original artwork for, and, and this, this is, I, I think it is the best card because it totally exemplifies Marvel. Uh, in series one, there was an Aunt May card. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, surrounding uh, all as a these hero. heroes and powerful characters, Aunt May yeah. got her own card. And I thought that was awesome. And I, in, in retrospect, like, then it was funny. But in retrospect, you think like, well, it's because Marvel is just, it's all about the characters. It's not just about the, you know, the heroes and the power. It's, it's about the stories and the characters. And Aunt May is so important, particularly to Spider-Man. Uh, so I saw the original artwork for that go up on, uh, an auction and I paid too much for it because I wanted it that bad. Okay. Time out. Um, and it is, I want to know the way. Admit it. How much did you pay for aunt may original art? I want to hear it. Um, come on. Well, come on. You don't, don't have to say, <laughs> come on. Don't be a baby. Come on, Patrick. Uh, Tell us your secret it shame. Was, <laughs> it was 300. Whoa. Oh, that's not bad. I like, look, that's not bad. Look, man, uh, that's not, no, that's not horrible, but it is Aunt May, dude. It's a lot. <laughs> I know, but, but, it, but it's so, it's, I don't know, but it's so, it, it, it is more than most of those things kind of come go for. Right. But I think that out of all the cards in that set, the Aunt May stands alone. It is so unique in that entire set because it's the only just like, oh, here's a regular person. Fair enough. Uh, and it's like, it's probably the most regular, the most important regular person in the Marvel Universe. Arguably, uh, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, so is, uh, is that um, – I'm looking at it. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, is that Paul Ryan? Uh, no. Or did they I not say? I can't remember who it was. I don't know. I don't think it's Paul Ryan. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's about the size of a postcard. So it's not like – I mean, it's bigger than the trading card size, which is good, but it's not a huge piece of art. Um but yeah, I'm super excited to get that in hand. I had to go back and uh, so I, I I still have my complete sets of those Marvel Universe trading cards, but I wanted to frame this with 
you know, the actual card, but I didn't want to break my set. So then I went and <laughs> went on eBay like, oh, here's someone selling just an Aunt May card. So I have an extra Aunt May card to frame it nice. with the original <laughs> art. <laughs> oh, man. I started looking at uncut sheets of Marvel comic cards now because like oh, I, yeah. I love those. It's just like a giant poster of all the cards put together basically yeah. because then they took them and they, and they cut them into cards. I mean, a robot did it right. obviously, but the uncut sheets are so cool and they're, yeah, they're super stupid cool. expensive now. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. God damn it. Well, I, I don't know how many uncut sheets they kept, right? Cause I mean, at the time they, they made them to cut them up and sell them in the packs. That's what the money's at right. at, at the time. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, I think Why there was would a they point, keep uncut sheets? That's that's money that they're losing. I think there was a point like after the bottom just dropped out of the card market where they were like, we've got an entire warehouse of these uncut <laughs> sheets. Like, well, what that or now it's like every on Storage Wars. They're like, yeah, I'll buy that container without even looking what's in it. And they open it up and it's all old Marvel comic cards. You know? right. <laughs> and then a few more leak out. Oh, man, that is awesome. Aunt May. Wow. <laughs> super psyched yeah not- i got so this was like in uh one of the it wasn't like ebay it was one of those actual like auction sites it was heritage auctions yeah i know heritage um, oh wait uh, shit and was so it, John it was really a little more expensive because like they, they they make their money by the buyer paying 20 percent of the winning bid value right uh and they don't take it from the seller they give them the buyer so it costed but yeah, I got into a bit of a bidding war with someone, and I was like, "Fuck you, no." <laughs> uh, sometimes, That's sometimes I pay more than I should for things just because, like, well, I need it, and I, I have a little extra money. I can throw my weight around with with dollars, so that's what I unfortunately did for better or worse. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your secret shame with us, Patrick. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, There's still I many. actually. Patrick, I have two pieces of art completed for you right now. It's the Usagi Ujimbo and the Goku wearing the Infinity Gauntlet, but the Infinity oh, Gems right. have been replaced with Dragon Balls. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, wow! Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he wanted you to out him for that. On the- which I had to research <laughs> because I don't know shit about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I mean, hey, I love I love me some Dragon Ball. I'm, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Patrick, I'm right there uh, with yeah, you. I, I got to think of uh, one or two fun things to, to have you do um, this uh, this year. Yeah, you know where to find me. Patrick, good to talk to you, brother. We've got to get to our our voicemails here, but uh, thanks for calling in. Thanks for sharing. All right. Thanks. Bye, buddy. Got one more caller that's been desperately trying to get through, so we'll give him one last chance to do this. I am now staring at a 1984 Marvel Comics uncut sheet, first covers. It was the first cover card set, and I am trying really hard not to push this buy it now button. And it's well, not how much is it? It's not going well. It's not expensive. It's not expensive. But that leads me to believe that it's not real, that it's like a print or something. What does that mean? It's not expensive. It's, how much is it? It's 1950 plus shipping. I got to do it, right? Even if it's just a print, I got to do it. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? Hey, it's Jason Sachs. Hey, Jason Sachs. How are Hi, you? Hi, Jason. Sir? How are you guys? We're doing all right. You know, we're doing hanging pretty in. good today. Today's chat was just what I needed because I, I stopped going on to Twitter a little while ago because it was just like this endless pit of yeah. stuff to get angry about. Yep. And like life is too short. Oh, no. like, we got real shit to worry about. And all this Warren Ellis stuff is like important. But in the greater scheme of things, um, I care, but I don't care. 
No, I'm, you I, know I, what I mean? I hear you. Yes. I hear you. Especially because he's just, anyway. Uh, so you guys are talking about original art. Yes. And I'm sitting in my home office and I'm surrounded by original comic art. It just makes me so freaking happy. I know, right? That's the thing. Like, and I have, I don't need to be buying anymore. And I admit, I just clicked this buy it now button on this uncut sheet of Marvel first appearance cards. <laughs> like, I don't have wall space oh, for nice. it. But this shit, it makes, it's, there's something so cool. And it's not just like original art that someone made just for you. It's also like, I feel the same way about buying pages, like original comic pages. Mm -hmm. Like I have a page from Preacher that I will never part with. And every time I look at it, I just think to myself, I'm the only person in the world that has this. You know, I can yeah. see the artist's I have, notes. I, have, I can see the writer's notes. pages Ugh. like that, yeah. It is the coolest fucking feeling. Ugh. I opened up, I have a, this is the sax obscure historical stuff. I have a page from Mike Sikowski's Metal Man. Oh, wow. And a page from, by Jim Mooney from Omega the Unknown. <laughs> um, and in both cases... Actually, I actually have three pages from Omega the Unknown. Wow. Um, and in, in both cases, I opened the envelope and like actually got weak in the knees like, oh, my God, I'm the only person in the world who owns this. Yeah. It's the coolest feeling. It, it, there's, and I think when I tell other people about it that don't get it, you know, like like when something shows up and my wife's like, who did this? I'm like, oh, it's so-and-so. And she's like, oh, neat. And I'm like, it's not just neat. They touched it, you know. <laughs> Look, that's his fingerprint smudge. That's him, you know. <laughs> I think, like, outside of the comic world, I don't know if people get that. I just got frames. So uh, someone was selling uh, original art or the kind of watercolor sketches by Val Merrick, um, who is a oh. 70s and 80s Marvel artist. Yeah. Um, he actually drew... Um, he drew like the Star Wars issues of uh, Howard the Duck. Again, I'm dating myself completely. Um, <laughs> and I just got these these frames for it. Like I have the the, the Swamp Thing drawing in this like earth tony frame and mat, and it just looks so good. Like every time I look at it, I just smile. Oh, it's just because it's just so beautiful. Right? Um, so I got a lot of favorites. Um, I I, I mostly collect sketches of the spirit, the Bill Eisner character. Oh, cool. And I have this awesome Jim Food sketch of the spirit. Man. Oh, cool. That's like completely saturated in color. His face is green. His hat is dark blue. He's got eyes floating all around him. The logo is just all abstract. And, and um, there's heads all around the, the uh, like skulls all around the, the logo. And they're all in different colors. It's just a spectacular explosion of color on my wall. And it's just so cool. Yeah, Jim Afood did uh, a Scud the Disposable Assassin for me years ago. And I was just like, hey, because he had mentioned like how he loved that book and he knew the creator and stuff and they were buddies. And, I was, and so on his podcast and I just contacted him like, hey, I know you do commissions, but you do a Scud. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's like two colors. It's like yellow and blue with like some black high, you know, black inking or whatever. And he sent me, it was huge. He sent me that, some stickers, a couple heads, like test sketches that he did of Scud first, like wow. in a whole like manila envelope. And it was not expensive. I think he charged me 50 or 60 bucks at the time. And it was fucking oh, awesome. So cool. Yeah. And, yeah. And like it happened fast too. I contacted him. I think three weeks later I had it. 
And like what? And this is like that dude is famous. Jim of Food is a famous dude. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he is working and working hard. You know. And it's now well, sitting well, on, on, the, your on wall. the flip side. On the flip side, remember how your wife wanted to get you a kilowog drawing from Patrick Gleason for your yes. birthday and it never happened? Yes, she contacted, and I've told the story so many times, she contacted Patrick Gleason and she was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. My husband is a huge nerd, loves your art, loves Green Lantern. His favorite character is Kill a Frog. And she was like, and he was like, I think you mean <laughs> Kill a Wog? Like, and she was like, that could be it. And he's like, the hippo looking guy. She's like, yes. That's him. He wants a he wants a sketch of you doing Kilowag, and he's like, "That is so cool! I can't believe that you're that cool of a wife reaching out for your husband. I would love to do it. Um, since it's for his birthday, I'll do it at a discount. And I'll do this, and I'll, we'll do a full body one." And she was like, "Yes, that's so awesome!" And then we never heard from him again. <laughs> I was like, "God oh, damn it!" <laughs> damn. Uh, I have a different Patrick Gleason story. Uh, I met him at the Minneapolis Comic Con uh, one year. Uh, the year noble causes got started. So he was nobody. And I, I was like, Oh, I love noble causes. Hey man, that's awesome. Can you do me a drawing? And, uh, or can you do me a sketch? And he did the shittiest <laughs> sketch of oh. the guy with devil horns. <laughs> like I was like, Oh, they, Oh, Thanks, Patrick Gleason. I'll treasure this forever. <laughs> it's like legitimately oh, terrible. Oh, that's great. Oh, Jason, always good to talk to you, man. We are uh, we got to tie things up here so we can get to our voicemails because we have these like wives and real lives and crap, and they don't care about this stuff as much it's as we do. It's all good. I'll post a link to my comment card fans also. Yeah, please do. Oh, great. Put that, that stuff would on our be Facebook awesome. page been, so everybody can see it. I haven't been keeping it up, but I got a lot up there. Kick ass. I am jealous. Very cool. I need more wall space for this crap. Good to talk to you, bro. <laughs> That's the problem. Talk to you later, guys. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Oh, that was fun. And I'm glad we didn't get into discussion of our first story and we could just, you know, like, frankly, <laughs> I am too. I, I, I mean, it's important stuff, but I think we, we set our piece and I just, I don't really feel like it's something that needs to be debated. No, I, you I, either, you, you either agree to support victims and believe women or you're an asshole. Right. What are we doing with our comics? What do you guys think? You know, and honestly, as of now, I'm keeping mine. I don't know what to do. I I, I feel a little well, weird like, about it, but selling them doesn't do anything. No, it, it, it no, yeah, it, it's no. I'm keeping mine. They're important to me. I I think I it's not impossible to say that someone is very talented at something and a terrible person. That is just the truth of things. Woody like, Allen I, is a terrible person. I, did disgusting things. Made a couple of my favorite movies, you know, like I think it's complex. It sucks. It is complex. Time to get to our phone calls here. Our first one comes from our very own Hebrews, Mr. Ryan Mount. Hey, this is Ryan Mount, AKA Hebrews calling in with the question of the week. So when I first posted this question, I was looking to commission something else. And then, um, the events of the world unfolded and uh, a lot of great artists put out some quality work that was going towards good causes. Um, so be mad 100 S on Instagram. Also brace Okwe, um, has some black lives matter work, uh, that is incredible. So I ordered a print and, um, also commissioned a piece from him. Um, be Shuni art, um, 
he did a drawing of Spider-Man helping clean up, and the donation of that print went to um, We Support Lakeside, which is an organization helping businesses clean up after uh, what's happened in Minneapolis. Uh, I also got a friend's buddy, uh, Amon Hill Tattoos, on Instagram to do a Money, Inc., um, for those that don't know, it's a WWF tag team from the 1990s oh, and my favorite of all shit. time. Got him to do a piece <laughs> as well. Uh, my favorite commission I mentioned is the Moon Knight from David LaFuente. Um, but I do have a tiny, tiny little sketch from Darwin Cook that's probably truly my favorite one. Um, so, yeah, just go support your local artists. And if you try to get somebody named Joe Patrick to do a commission for you, it would be nice if he answered his emails. Just kidding, buddy. I did email you. Oh, you did? also tried to reach out to Bob Q as well. So you're in good company. All right. Thanks, nerds. Talk to you soon. Getting called out left and right, Joe Patrick. How's that feel? Uh it makes me feel like I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, so oh, listen to this. Oh, you don't know oh, what wait. he's talking about. Oh, he he emailed me. Uh, he emailed me at my Instagram Gmail account, which nobody ever sends mail to. Okay, well that is your fault, and maybe you need to fix that. For those of you who don't yep. know, Money Incorporated was the team of the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and IRS Irving R. Scheister back in the day. Yeah, IRS, baby. <laughs> they were such heels, too. Oh, my God. I can't believe they're his favorite. That's terrible. <laughs> what a weirdo. Oh. Ryan, congratulations once again on the birth of your second baby. That's probably about enough from you guys, right? Yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Earth's overpopulated already. You know how this works, right? If you keep doing it, they're going to keep coming out. So I'm just saying, man. All right, Frank Cirillo, you're up next. Hey, Joe and Matt, it's Frank. I wanted to, you know, talk about your question of the week. Um, art in the time of COVID. Well, I've been doing a lot of uh, drawing and painting, um, as it were, on using Procreate uh, on my iPad. And it's just been, you know, a, different, a game changer for me. And it's just opened it up uh, every day. I'm drawing every day. I'm painting I'm multiple times a day. It's great. I love it. And it's getting me kind of excited to go back and paint um, on with paint and brushes on canvas or board and anything I could do. So it's uh, I think I think it's for me, it's changed, you know, um, and I've been reading. I've been catching up on the Immortal Hulk and reading something called Cities of Magic. It's really good. One issue is out right now. But uh, I'm sure there'll be more. And I've also been reading some old Fantastic Four Kirby uh, issues that have been, that are really cool. It's like this volume I bought. It's like 450 pages. It's crazy. Um, but I've been checking out that. That's that's a lot of fun. So uh, aside from that, you know, just living my life. I couldn't call in today because I've got a photo job to do and I'll be out for the exact amount of time at the exact time that you'll be doing the show. So I wanted to send you this in. Anyway. How convenient. <laughs> that was my two cents. Hey, oh, I see what he did there. Have a there. great week, guys. Talk to you soon. Frankie, Thank you, Frank. You. Joe Patrick, let's get to our answers. All right. So I've got, uh, I've got a story that I've told before but you're gonna hear it again so bear with me okay uh i don't really commission a lot of original art anymore these days i just don't have the disposable income for it um 
But back when I was slinging comics on the regular, I had the privilege of attending nearly every major comic book convention that we could make time to go to uh, as an employee of Krypton Comics. And so I went to multiple shows in Minnesota every year. I went to Wizard Worlds in Texas and in uh, Chicago. Uh, Matt and I went to C2E2 one time. Uh, We went to Baltimore. We went to San Diego. And so, like, I, I started carrying around a sketchbook. And it all started with uh, this. My very first sketch was from Phil Hester, uh, who I had had a prior relationship with because he was uh, a guest at our shop uh, a number of times. And he drew me the most elaborate, gorgeous Swamp Thing drawing I have ever seen to be called a sketch. It was like a finished piece of art that you could have printed in a comic book the next day. Yeah. It's amazing. I am super jealous of that piece that you got. And I like, I got, whenever I had to start a new sketchbook, I made a habit of making Phil the first guy and he hated it (laughs) because he thought it was too much pressure. (laughs) Um, But that's not my story. My story is uh, one year at wizard world, Chicago. uh, I was there uh, running the booth and I had a chance to wander around and I found the top shelf comics booth. And the fun thing about the top shelf comics booth, at least back in the day, is that these artists that were drawing graphic novels that you loved were also working the booth, oh, selling yeah. books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I went there and that weekend, uh, in addition to Chris Staros, the the publisher of Top Shelf, who is an amazing, sweet man, uh, was... James Kolchalka, artist of American Elf, yep. uh, among many, many other fine things. Professional weirdo. Uh, Jeffrey. <laughs> what's that? That's a professional yes, total weirdo. weirdo. Uh, Jeffrey Brown, who had not yet become super famous for drawing those Star Wars kids books that he ended up doing. Yeah. And Craig Thompson of Blankets. Now, if you know anything about Craig Thompson, uh, you know that he does not do sketches because he has terrible hand pain. Uh, he he has right. like yeah. some sort of crippling arthritis, which is why his projects come out so few and far between. They the top shelf booth was set up next to this gargantuan toy display for a product that I don't think is even still around called Alien Racers. hundred percent, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, and every thirty seconds on a loop, that booth would play the alien racers commercial at full volume. <laughs> and I worked, I'm talking like 15 feet away from these guys. Right. And so I, I went up to, I went up to those guys. Uh, I feel like it was uh, Jeffrey Brown first. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm a big fan of your work. I would love it. If I could get a sketch, whatever you like, it would be awesome. Uh, and I talked to James Kochaka too. Same thing. If you guys have time to do this, that would be great. Uh, I gave them my book. I went back to work. I got the book back and, and Jeffrey Brown did this uh, parody of the alien racers called kitty racers. <laughs> and it, the tagline was like somewhere out there in the universe, tiny cats are riding around in, in 
terrifying spaceships. It was like, it was a parody of this commercial and it was amazing. James Kolchaka drew his character, the elf version of himself, riding a rocket. And he said, it said something like, I'd do anything to win. I'd drink pee. I'd kiss a boy, whatever. <laughs> and so I got the book back and that I, I was so pee. tickled pink. The next day, our friend, Aura McWilliams, took my book out again while I was still working. And he convinced Craig Thompson to draw me a sketch in that book. So I ended up with this three-part themed sketch parodying this ridiculous toy line (laughs) by three of my favorite indie artists, one of whom, as a policy, did not do sketches. And it was one of my treasured possessions. That is amazing. That's totally amazing. Um, My, okay, so two quick stories. Wizard World Chicago for me as well. I bump into uh, Jimmy Calafiore at his booth, right? And this was, he had been working on Black Panther at the time. And I talked to him for a little bit about like how much I loved it and whatever. And I would love an original, if, if he'd be willing to do you know, a sketch or something, I would love something based off that panel he did where Black Panther was fighting uh, the white, why can't I say his name? M'Baku, the white gorilla. Manape. Manape, thank you. And they squared off, you know, like samurai style, and they run past each other, and and you don't see anything happen in the next panel. They're both standing there, and then Manape falls over, and Black Panther is still standing. Like Like, the opening cutscene of Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, fucking awesome scene. And he's like, um... I think I have that original art page right here. You want to buy it? And it's like, bah, bah. <laughs> like yes. <laughs> and he was like, he had some other original art pages that were marked. I mean, fairly expensive for the time. This is a while ago. And he was like, I'm glad you love it, man. 50 bucks here, 50 bucks. And I was just like, Holy wow. shit, dude. <laughs> wow. Uh, my, but my favorite Ryan Brown did a thing. Uh, pardon me. Box Brown did a thing not too long ago, where he was like, hey, I, I'm doing $5 commissions and all the money goes to this thing. I can't remember what it was at the time. But you can only send me three words and I'll do you this $5 commission. And so I hit him up and mine was Mr. T defeated. And he sent me this blue line sketch of Mr. T. It's the back of his head and he's sitting in an airplane like on a aisle seat or he's sitting in a plane like window seat and there's clouds going by and there's a word bubble that just says sigh <laughs> hold it up to the camera hold it up to the camera it, so i can see it it's amazing <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so That's outstanding it's so cool and it was five bucks and it went to a good cause i was just like oh my god and he wrote like a little note and the thing sent to me he's like i really like this submission and i was like fuck yeah <laughs> Uh, I was so lucky to be out there getting original uh, sketches at the time that I did because not to like, not to like discount an artist's worth or anything, but this was kind of before the time when artists were super comfortable charging what they thought they were worth. Oh, well, yeah. So like there were so many guys out there doing sketches for free. Yeah, for the most part, like you would just go up twenty to bucks and be or like, less. Hey, would you sketch something in my book while I'm talking to you? And they're like, Yeah, sure. And they just draw something and hand it to you. And that was yeah. that, you know? 
there were all like, definitely it, guys that they they knew what they were doing. They had like a sign up sheet, and it was like 150 bucks, you know, head or 200 bucks full body, you know, whatever. And sign up here, and I'm taking this many. And you drop it off, and by Sunday, at you know, at the end of the con, you'd go pick it up. Yeah, it, it's so great. Uh, I think the most I ever paid for a sketch was from uh, a classic Spider-Man artist named Alex Saviuk, who drew Web of Spider-Man uh, back in the 80s. Yeah, badass. Uh, he drew the Spider-Man comic strip for a long time. He was one of my favorite artists as a kid, and it was like 60 bucks. I was like, that's a lot. But yes, <laughs> uh, and uh, nowadays, like you'd be lucky to get a sketch for sixty bucks. Oh God, yeah, no, definitely. What a fun question! This <sighs> was a great question. Thank you, Ryan. Joe Patrick, before we get out of here, set us up with a new question of the week. All right, this week's question was submitted by John Taverdick via Twitter. What's your favorite comic or comic-related property that addresses civil rights? through the lens of a comic book world. So we're talking about things like Marvel's or HBO's Watchmen, as we talked about earlier, right. et cetera, et cetera. You know the drill. It's fun. That'll be a, ooh, timely. Yeah, fun. And That's exactly what there. I was thinking <laughs> when I picked it. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Same THN time, same THN channel. You tune in at 1030 to hear the news. We open the phone lines 402-819-4894 at 11. And you can always leave us a message at that same phone number or shoot us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Thank you to everybody that played along, called in, chatted with us. Good to talk to you nerds. This is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. Hey, everyone. If you want more Two-Headed Nerd in your life, I need you to head over to Patreon backslash Two-Headed Nerd. And for any donation, you get to listen to me, Casey Baum, and Matt Baum talk about our chronological rewatch of the X-Men movies. Spoiler alert. The movies are terrible. I am not having any fun. I am drinking a lot. Please donate. And maybe if you guys donate enough, I won't have to finish watching these movies.